So, do you remember the semicolon tattoos? Have you seen anybody with those? I don't know. I think most tattoos are stupid. If I'm being real. But anyway, we Tracy and I talked about this in the past. Because I tra- talked about it with time. We had a really good conversation. And it was... I, was a, I, w- I wasn't necessarily upset, but I was bothered about something that happened. I, I saw someone with a semicolon tattoo and asked him about it. And their response was along the lines of... And this has been a while, so I'm not going to... It's probably going to be a little off. But I remember the response was something along the lines of, Oh, my friends got the tattoo. And they were kind of just following along with the crowd. And they were like, it was, it's for people with with suicide or people who committed suicide or whatever and so all of my friends got them because we somebody at school or they knew someone who knew someone and so it was more like a following the crowd type thing and not necessarily a personal connection wait i'm sorry so if you know somebody who's committed suicide then you get a semicolon tattoo so there was this movement it, it this year it was a recent movement and it like came and went it was last and year. you when was it it came out last year and you were in the tattoo crowd you were like aware of it well let me do you, let me explain what it is no, first it's it's a tattoo magazine <laughs> you know what they do have magazines they do yeah. <laughs> it's a tattoo that people typically get on their wrist mm-hmm. and the point of it is kind of like the end of one one story and or like and it goes on like it continues like a semicolon combines sentences right okay. yeah, yeah I got it. and so it's used to say like in my story goes on which is just a really quick summary of what it means okay got it yeah yeah and it so if you know someone yeah. if you have a personal connection to someone who has committed suicide or you yourself has attempted suicide um, and then your story continues if you move past it you know, some just some personal connection. Like the whole point of it is that it has meaning to you, not meaning to your friends, um, or meaning to the people around you. Which and is so, how all tattoos should be. But exactly. I mean, yes. it's on your body and it's permanent. Yes, but it's I also I was upset because I felt like you should be able to explain, regardless of what it, whether it was a semicolon or or, or a seahorse, like it should be. Like, you should be able to tell the story of the meaning behind it, and the person wasn't. And because the topic is so such a sensitive, touchy topic, and I think everyone in this room has had, actually not I think, we all have some personal connection with with suicide, I kind of took it personal and was like, dude, it's not, it's not, a, it's not supposed to be like a cool thing. And it kind of made me think about at work, patients, I come across patients who are just like, well, um, like that, that same week I had a patient who was saying that he should not have got sentenced to the sentence he received or he should have just went to a hospital instead because there's no way I could have been in my right mind. I must have been psychotic. But he's not the first or the last. I have a lot of people who come in, even for private practice, who will come in and they will use mental illness as an excuse for stupidity. And people who have some mental health diagnosis will probably agree when I say it's not something to brag about. It's not something that they necessarily feel like I'm wearing it on a t-shirt as my scapegoat or my excuse and i've seen a a huge increase of people using mental illness as a scapegoat an excuse the but the well the well but because i'm because i'm mentally ill but no that shouldn't matter i'm mentally ill which is when you really think about history i mean we've come from lobotomies that and calling people witches to now all of a sudden we're wearing t-shirts and, and getting tattoos that we don't know the meaning of. I find it offensive to people who really genuinely suffer with mental health problems. And so what we talked about in the past was when the hell did it become cool to be mentally ill? Is it cool? I mean, I get that it, people are talking about it more, but I don't think that like it's like, hey, guys, I'm totally bipolar. I don't think it happens. But I actually do see that though. I hear, I, I have, I know people personally who are just like. No, I, I know, 
I know people personally who be like, but please, you know I'm bipolar. Like, I'm, that that don't matter. Like, so people do actually use it that way. I'm dissociative. I'm a psychopath. Or people like, that are like, I have OCD. And you're like, yeah, okay, everyone in the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Four. Yeah. yeah. That I dude like got work me... over here. I'm OCD. Yeah. <laughs> that dude got me so mad. I just blacked out, dude. I dissociated. Okay, nobody says that. Nobody. Who says that? No, Maybe I don't know people, people you work. I do with. know people. Yes, I do. Know... <laughs> You're in a specific sense. Yeah. <laughs> but but and that's the other thing. People learn cold words. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. No, when it. you're in the field long enough, people learn words and they use them incorrectly all the time. I have patients and people. I actually was at a restaurant once at a winery, and the people behind me while we were waiting for our food were talking about their friend who is a flake, and they were like, "We should just stop inviting her places. She's so fucking antisocial." And I was like, "Asocial." <laughs> and my friends they were like, "Yo, about your business." You're I know, what are you it. doing? But it was when I hear words like that, like buzzwords, mm-hmm. it I don't know what it is, but that's one of like my pet peeves is like don't Someone's use words you don't grammar. know the meaning of. It's not cool. <laughs> but I mean grammar and but also okay, you know, but also if I said that if I was like, Oh, my friends Trey and Joseph are like, I love them, they're awesome, but they're very antisocial. If I were you two, I'd be offended. Yeah, I'd be like, wait. <laughs> wait antisocial, by the way, which is which is in in a lot of realms synonymous with psychopath. And sociopathic behavior. Why would you want to be hanging with that person? You, you do though, because you know, we already talked about your friends that you. <laughs> Let's say right? right. whatever. <laughs> but, but you get it. Yeah. <laughs> One day I was listening because I listened to NPR because I'm lame. I uh, was listening to NPR and they were talking to a somebody about the the use of the word crazy and then how people kind of use it kind of casually for everything. Oh yeah, I was late today. Isn't that crazy? Or um, you know, sometimes it can be so crazy. And they were talking about how that is some can can be offensive in the sense that you know there are people out there who are literally crazy and that we use it so casually that it's lost all value and i thought that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) i just mean like i I get it i get that we should all and i think in a professional setting yes you should use your terms appropriately but if we're just casually shooting the shit and i feel like saying that you're a crazy ocd Wonderful person. I thought you were going to say that. Call me a B. No, I wouldn't call you a B. But if I did, I was. It felt like it. Um, it felt like a B moment. Uh, but but what I mean is like I get it, but I don't get it. You know, I get that we're all supposed to be speaking the same language. But I mean, like for instance, I want to get a semicolon tattoo because I just love punctuation. Uh, yeah, well, if you're grammar Nazi. Nazi. Yeah, exactly. But if I ask you about it and you explain it that and a, and a yeah. Nazi sign. But if I ask you about it and you explain it that way, and you're just saying get that, you're like, I just love punctuations. It has meaning to you. I get, you know, some people just get tattoos. I was going to say, tattoos. there are those people that do just get tattoos just because they like a tattoo. Like, cupcake tattoos. Those were a thing for a while. Fucking weird. But they were doing it. I didn't know that was a thing. I like cupcakes. I don't want to get a tattoo of cupcake. But yeah, like, don't. Is it like but a special situation? No, it's like, just a cupcake. anywhere on people, your body. Just it didn't mean it was anything? Trending for a while. Yeah, you know, when I was cupcakes. a teenager, it was the, you know, Japanese writing. That's what it was. Oh. Wait, hold up. Oh, time out. Wait, Did hold up. Did Jolie go and get something on her back, too, and people started trending that? I have Japanese writing. Yeah, you can't talk about semicolon tattoos because you wouldn't just... Wait, I got mine while I was serving in the military, and I actually got them overseas, and I got mine in Japan. Oh. And a lot of people don't know I have tattoos. And when I think of my tattoo, even right now talking about it, I think of where I was when I got it, who I was with, what we were doing. No, I get that, but I mean, what are we talking about? We're talking about whether or not that people should get tattoos that, that should have meaning. Or are we talking about whether or not 
people should kind of if you want to go get a tattoo that looks like a pile of shit on your finger or on your arm go for it but i think when it comes to sensitive topics yeah but who decides um, it's a sensitive topic who who, who getting said, a semicolon like, about, hey, someone, about suicide someone murder themselves now i own the semicolon i don't think so man so here's here's the way i equate it though i think someone getting a semicolon tattoo and this isn't about semicolon tattoos because what we were saying earlier is when did it become cool to be mentally ill? Period. People calling their friends antisocial and misusing the word. People saying, uh, you can't be mad at me. You know I'm bipolar. Like, people just throwing around mental health words um, in an insensitive manner and anywhere. Not not being mindful of who's around them. But I think when it comes to, if we specifically want to talk about the tattoo, it's a sensitive topic and it shouldn't, there should be some meaning behind it. Because if I have a tattoo or I have a story, and one of the other things that the semicolon movement did was, it kind of was like, I was getting ready to say the Underground Railroad, where there were signs and symbols and you knew what houses to go to and which ones not to. It was kind of like a symbol where it was okay, where I saw someone else with a semicolon where I could be like, oh, wow, and then share your story. It was almost like a, a, a way to know that this was a safe person to have a conversation with. And then you start to have a conversation, or you start to dive in and you realize the person doesn't have a connection. It was just cool to them. And it almost feels like, to me, someone who's wearing a fake military uniform with fake... <laughs> Uh, ribbons and medals on her uniform, the which is highly way. disrespectful and offensive and, and, and illegal. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess, but the person who gets offended, I mean, the person who is offended gets to decide what's offensive, and I don't know if that's necessarily true. Like, if I wanted to dress like a military person, as long as I'm not like, like, let's say, for instance, I wanted to do for And Halloween you're telling like people that, that you're. Yeah, if I say, like, I was in the military and I done. wasn't, that's awful. That's but that's what right. this, but that's what you're doing with the semicolon tattoo. You're saying that you have this I shared experience that you don't have. Somebody who at some point decided that semicolon meant this doesn't mean that I have to subscribe to that particular belief. True. But if, if you I get want, it in the if same spot. If I want to get a tattoo of a semicolon to say, fuck you guys for trying to tell me what I should or shouldn't do, like, I should be able to do that. But you should be able to say that as well. And we have to respect that. Well, in this one. If people say, you know what, I'm just going to get the piss people off. But then I ask you, I'm like, hey, I know you have a tattoo. Like, what's yours for? Because I just want to piss people off. That is your right. And I know, right then and there, you got it to piss me off. Uh, but if you're just like, oh, I got it because of the whole semicolon suicide movement and people shouldn't you kill know, themselves. I think that's more of a statement about tattoos than about people's perspective on mental health. Well, we're also specifically talking about semicolon right now, but the bigger conversation is when did it become cool to be mentally ill? And we're specifically talking about people using words they don't know I mean, the meaning of. I'm saying that it's, it, when did it become cool? I don't, I don't know. I think more people are talking about it now, but I still don't think it's cool. Well, I mean, we I, don't mean I, it literally. No, what I mean, what I mean is like. I would have been depressed my whole adult life, and I only started talking about it with other people about two or three years ago. Yeah, but that's you. I think the generation now is a lot more accepting of mental health, and I also don't understand certain things that, like certain terms that they use. That's yeah. true. I think I think you're right about that, but I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, even look at what's Big Bang Theory mm-hmm. with Sheldon. Sheldon has like OCD. It's horrible, but it's like a cute quirk on the TV show. It's less of a mental illness and it's more of just like, oh, he's quirky and like that's just what makes him interesting or his personality better. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think a lot of the kids now are like that. They're just like, oh, it's a cute little quirk in personality or like it makes you a little different, not the same as everybody else because everybody else is normal and normal is not But if you actually know someone with OCD or OCPD, it's frustrating. And we've, Listen, people come over here all the time and they like go through my cabinets and they'll move stuff around or they'll move the coasters and I get very worked up. And some people think like it ain't that serious. And I just had a conversation with somebody who worked about this this week who is 
OCD, actually OCPD. And we were talking about how stressful it is when people think it's something to like to play around with or they think some of the rituals and things that we do are funny or like you said, quirky. But to us, the fact that you can see me doing a ritualistic type of thing or freaking out, I'm in distress. Mm. But some people look at that and they're like, oh, look, she's freaking out. Do it again. Do it again. And and that's not healthy. It's upsetting and it's making it worse. And people aren't being mindful that this is actually serious that people have, people have to live with this and deal with this. But I think the misconception on that is that it's only with like, let's saying like you say you have OCD, like it's people assume that it's just with you moving things and putting things around. They don't understand that it's also your thoughts. Like when you just obsess over thoughts, like, and you can't stop and you can't stop and you can't stop. And people are just like, no, I just overthink. Like, no, that might not no, be overthinking. That's not it. Like when you when can't sleep like, because you can't turn your brain yeah, off. That's, like, that's the issue. What it is is the difference between, uh, you know, anybody and somebody who has a diagnosable mental illness or whatever is that there are a lot of shared characteristics. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anything, I, you know, I like the way professors used to talk about it, which is that uh, mental illness or abnormal, abnormal psychology or whatever is, is a normal trait that everybody has, but it's kind of gone out of whack. You know, somebody who everybody can be anxious, mm-hmm. uh, everybody can be sad or, or, or not only say depressed, but just, you know, whatever. It's that when it starts to go past a certain point, when it starts to normal functioning, right. When it starts to affect your functioning ability to live a normal life, that's when it becomes that, that line of, of mental illness. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't ever go, we have those same traits. Hey, I like my stuff a certain way, mm. but if your stuff is not a certain way, are you going to freak out about it all day? Yeah. Are you going to stop your whole yeah, life? Yeah, are would. you going to call out sick from work and say, you know what? I got to go home. I got to go home yeah. and wash my hands 15 times. Mm. No, that's mental illness. And you just liking not to have your hands dirty. That's just being a human being. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's just, a, that's a quirky trait. But I right. like, I've been to the point where I have things, I, I count, I have a thing with numbers. That's I have great. a lot of rituals and huh? people, <laughs> people who know me, yeah. some people who spent a lot of time with me notice. And I don't know if Trey was paying attention because earlier when I did the whole laptop thing, I kept adjusting it, but it was because I tapped one side and I needed to tap the other side an even amount of times. And it was like bothering me that I couldn't get it to like tap evenly. And, and I know that makes no sense to other people, but I've even been to the point where I've been on a treadmill and it's supposed to be a 30 minute workout because I already rolled or I already worked with my trainer and did my, my other stuff. And this is just a cool down. But when I'm walking, I hit my hand on the, the console and then like, Oh my God, I hit my left hand on the console while my right hand was forward. So I got to do it again because I need to hit it two times so it can balance the universe or I'm going to fall. Like something horrible is going to happen. And I know it sounds stupid. Like even as I hear myself saying it now, but it doesn't matter at the moment. Mm -hmm. I get stuck. I've been stuck to the point where I, I have literally come home at the end of working 12, 14 hour shift and I'm exhausted. Taking a shower, ready to go to bed. Didn't even cook. But I didn't go to bed at night at all. I just you. It's so stupid. I've been like up the entire night because I get up to check the stove to make sure the stove isn't on, go back to bed, and then a few minutes later or 30 minutes later, I get up because I'm like, do I smell gas or something burning? Wait, did I turn the oven off? And I have to keep coming and checking the knobs. And then I have to check all of my doors, but I have to unlock the doors and make sure they were locked to begin with. So now when I go back to bed, I'm like, did I relock it back when I unlocked it? And I can't turn my head off. No wonder you're always tired. I have been up. I'm tired just hearing that. Like straight through the night and not been able to go to sleep. And then I have to get up and go to work the next day and be 100% cognizant, aware of my surroundings. And then I have people who come in who are like, Let's move her stuff around. But after I've been up all night. At that point, do you take medication because of that? 
Should you be yeah. taking medication for that? So I do have medication. I, well, here, so here's the thing. Her. I'm talking about her, though, with as anxious as she gets because she's not sleeping. So or, I'm, I don't mean, like, medication for OCD. I mean, like, sleeping pills type oh, of thing. Oh, not a bad idea. Just, so, no, is it bad for her? It would be a bad idea. In general? Well, because sleeping pills are addictive. Yeah, they're very addictive. They? Yeah, so, you, you know. You and for a long time, a long time, I, I was on sleeping pills, oh. came off the sleeping pills, and then was using... <laughs> um kidding. And then we just NyQuil every night. Like, yeah. I would get to the point where I would just be like, I can't sleep without it. But then I would be so drowsy and be scared that now I'm going to be too drowsy to save myself, like, if my house was on fire. Or, like, I would just create these, like, catastrophize and come up with these scenarios where I'd be like, well, I can't be drowsy. I'm afraid to go to sleep because that's not my norm. And so it's this constant thing. But sometimes when people come in, like, I tap stuff all the time. But, like, it's, it's people notice, people do notice the, the tapping type of, type of things. Splitting poles. People think that's the stupidest thing either, but I will freak out. Uh, and I've been places with a group of people where we're all working and I'm like, wait, what would which way y'all go and we got to go the same way and to them it's like i'm gonna go this way and there's nothing you can do about it and they think it's funny and to me i'm like on the inside i am like breaking down like oh my god we i gotta convince all of these people to go a certain way see i think that's what the, the problem is and sometimes i think i get into it with you because uh you, you can be quite irrational and you you know you're very clear that you know that you're aware <laughs> that you can be and i'm okay with you being irrational but i'm not okay with you thinking i need to follow what you're doing even though you're being irrational. But trying to force me to not be irrational no, sometimes I, becomes exposure therapy, which we are not all, everyone in the world is not qualified no. to all of a sudden become a clinician and be like, I know what's going to work. I, I know what's going to fix you. Grab a handful of spiders and throw them in your face. That would be insane. I, I'm just saying, if I want to go sit and play with spiders, I shouldn't have any, we shouldn't have any problem with it. Well, unless it's here, because we have gotten into a situation with a spider once here, yes. where I was like, oh my God, can you please, I'm not going to be able to live. Like, I, took I can't. across the street. And that was a compromise though. Yes, it That was, was a compromise. And I I think it's one thing when we can find compromises and like work it out, but to try and force me to go your way is is a lot more than yes. side with me. To me, it's like it's a big deal. It's it's extremely stressful. It's it's life altering. Well, <laughs> getting back to what you were saying about people, kind of it's cool or it's just kind of this thing that people talk about now. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think uh, it being a stigma, it being the secret, I think that does way more damage than dumbass is just being like well you know i have a problem you know even though they don't really have a problem yeah. i think it's better than saying like what the hell's wrong with that person not that it's any better i think it's just a symptom of it being kind of out in the open now and so everybody's just like t uh piggybacking on you know i don't like loud noises so i have a thing and so now i wear headphones all the time um <laughs> i must be autistic <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah but i also noticed that everybody's a therapist now oh that person's not depressed look at how they're acting Okay, well, what does depression look like? Well, they're crying and they're sad and that person is this and that person... Okay, there's no one-size-fits-all picture of what any mental health disorder looks like. Mm -hmm. People get angry. People can isolate. Yeah. People can overwork and almost look kind of manic um, or hypomanic. And so it presents in very different ways. Right, and I, I think the reason I didn't have to talk about my depression for such a long time was that other than affecting my ability to do well in school, I, I hit it pretty well. Most people would say, like, you're always so much fun or you're joking around mm -hmm. or whatever, yeah. and that's not necessarily – those two things aren't connected because as soon as I was alone, I would, a whole sink, story. I would sink right back into – Yeah, and I think for me, people – no one would ever know I've suffered with depression, that I suffer from depression – I can hide it very well. Yeah. I mean, I think um, there was a job I had where I was a, I had to be there like 10 to 12 hours a day. And I think being a workaholic, it's always like I was out running it. I felt like there are many times in my life where I had these mm -hmm. severe episodes of depression. And I always felt like I was just 
outrunning every single time. There's something else to focus on. Mm-hmm. Right. Anytime it was about to catch up with me, I would turn change directions. I would change my I changed my major in school or I broke up with my girlfriend. Like it's just always something that if I, I just had to change directions, I just had to keep moving faster than that. Whatever you that controls whatever factors you could on the outside. Right. And so uh, but then when it catch up to me, I would just yeah. crash and burn. And um and sometimes it've been, you know, couple of days sometimes a couple of weeks and there's been times where it lasted six months or years i've spent years depressed in fact i didn't really understand what it was because i never felt like severe depression and i, I recently found out there's a low-grade depression called dysthymia there's very yes dys- that, dysthymia there's very they don't call it that anymore but you know variations of, of depression which um, is that you're always depressed you never because mm-hmm. people have episodes of depression they go into this kind of low point and then they climb and back they come up. back up Right, but with dysthymia, you go you go down and then you come back, but you never get back to normal. And you see, like I see people like that. It's like that person's always melancholy, or that person's always just like, oh, that's just that person's personality. They're just always in this place, but it's functional mm-hmm. for them. Right. But it is, in a sense, kind of teeter tottering on an edge because anything can kind of elevate it, and it can drop. I say elevate, it, and then I say drop, but like drop them even lower. Right. And so there's a there's a difference. I just I don't know. It's just this whole. <laughs> I keep going back to my antisocial friend, and I'm like, I, I would be offended if somebody called me antisocial. Not antisocial. <laughs> yeah, that's a completely different meaning. But I mean, you can't expect you know lay people to know the proper definitions of anything. Um, well, don't use the word. What do you mean? <laughs> I think that's important in the podcast as well, is just to kind of get that out there. That there's, the education. Yeah, there's, there's some terminology you guys can use. It's a lot even, more even that Antisocial is, you know, at least in definition, the, the, you know, the two words together mean somebody who doesn't, who's antisocial. It doesn't necessarily mean that antisocial personality disorder. Those are two different things. Yeah, what is asocial, what is antisocial? They're two completely different words. I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I get where they're coming from because people say people speak how they speak and you have to meet them where they are. You can't just be like, well, you should talk like I am because I'm educated and you need to be more educated. Well, that's, that's ideal. Okay. So let me, so let me, since you just said that. So Tracy, she can be our witness though. So we were at work together <laughs> and he's going to remember to bring it up. And we're in a circle talking to some supervisors and one of the supervisor in mid conversation is talking about colored people. <laughs> you remember what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, his face just totally yes. changed. I'm so afraid. And so I look. So I look. She didn't talk about colored people. She was. She identified called. It's like Caucasians, Indian, colored people. And I was standing there. and I was like, Oh wait. So first of all, his face said it first because I think I was still in that moment of like that immediate shock moment. Of, wait, I, did I just hear her? Right? I got a little caramel to me, but she. she and back. his face was like, Wait, what? <laughs> and so she notices our reactions and is like, Wait, you can't say that. I'm like. Yeah, color people is not appropriate to say, especially America. especially with like a color person standing here, like right, looking at you. And she said it multiple times. Like so she, she was like, give a shit. so she's like, but what's wrong with color people? Why can't I say color people? It's kind of like that scene for way that's how the little girl's like, mom, can I say freak? She's like, no. Why can't I say freak? <laughs> I was like, dude, I just said you can't use the word. Now it's like a contest. Just see how many an, times I can use it in a sentence. FYI for some of our listeners, because some of them on Facebook that we have are from South Africa, and they use the word colored and it's a normal thing it's like a day-to-day thing. no no just she, an FYI, she was white as know, snow but there's a she, there was nothing african about this lady no but colored. i mean the term, just the term <laughs> but, but i also think about. that no, there I, I think we it's all have a terrible i mean yeah and we all have enough common term. sense where depending on who we're with what we're doing the context well i would know that if someone said that and let's say they were african we've been in africa before i have a lot of african friends like if they use it i wouldn't know whether it was yeah it's their basic terminology and i know whether it's offensive or not mm-hmm. but when someone is saying 
colored people to identify a whole population and then after we correct you and say uh you should probably say like african-american or something else and you're instead of saying oh i'm sorry and then even asking like well why is it inappropriate to say that you're just like well why can't i say colored people what's wrong with colored people <laughs> well you're colored and you're people right and it's just like dude oh. how you so, and she just went and i think she said like three or four times she did she left that conversation thinking i'm still gonna say colored people oh. and so no so to go backwards when you so to go backwards when you're like well people use words and you know it's not our job to make sure they understand necessarily i think i think it is i know i said i I said ideally you would like them to be like that but you you know you still have to meet people where they are and then try to okay but i'm not going to meet somebody where they are in a conversation telling me color people okay but it's different i think it's different because to you it's more in your face slaps you with some words but to people in their in other people's defense other people find when you aren't mentally ill or you're misusing the terms and they have a history of struggling with it they find people saying antisocial or i'm bipolar or that bitch ain't depressed as equally offensive and so i would rather educate someone and i have said to people like when i said to them i was like you mean asocial and they're just like, and then with, well, what do you mean and when i def- define it and clarify it at least one of the girls was like I did, I did not know that. And so she's clearly using a word that she didn't know the definition of. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a position where I, I can define it, why not? I mean, I guess that's true. But if I'm a person with antisocial personality disorder, I'm not going to take offense to someone called Because you're antisocial. That's correct. You're correct. You're, Total I don't disregard for other people being in That's correct. <laughs> who are you protecting? I get, look at, if someone says, oh, I'm depressed sometimes. And, and, and uh, that's fine if someone wants to do that. If someone wants to latch on to it. Because I know I have depression. I, I, mm-hmm. I got depression. But someone else wants to say they're depressed, God bless them. But I don't want someone to come and diminish what I'm going through. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's different. Those yeah. are different things. It being kind of this kind of generic term out there that people use, I don't give a crap. I don't, yeah. I don't, you know, it doesn't bother me. Sometimes be like, why can't you just cheer up? <laughs> yeah. Just get over it already. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what's offensive. That's, but. I think that's the hard part. Cause I, I don't want to say I've necessarily struggled with depression. I feel like I've gotten like my little bursts of it from time to time, but Burst, I don't yeah. think. Sprinkle. Yeah. Like just some, you know, just some yeah. salt bays in there. But <laughs> I, <laughs> but I don't think I've, it's ever impeded on my functioning, but I also love to work. And I know when I'm about to get real, like when I can feel it coming on, I'll just like pick up another job. And then I'm fine. So I probably do deal with it in some way, but right now we're not thinking about it. You know, and I, <laughs> I think there's a lot of there's a lot to be said about there. As somebody who struggles with depression, I always notice people who are workaholics mm-hmm. because it's something that I I do to avoid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easy to do, but it also doesn't mean because you're a workaholic, you're, you're yeah, exactly. At the same time, <laughs> I think all workaholics are avoiding something. Some no, that's just no. Goal. You know, I no, because I was unless they're taking care so of like five kids and they're gonna be like, that's not sure. So when I was, I just went to a suicide risk assessment training this week mm-hmm. on on uh, Friday, sure. and I doctor one of the doctors who was doing the presentation said, I mean, is there anybody who comes to work because they just like coming to work? And I'm in the back like. Put, put my hand up and then like hide just it because not a single person raised their hand. I genuinely, and I think this comes, this touches on another topic though. For me, my work gives me purpose. And I know there's going to be some people who take issue with that and say you should have more. And I always tell people you should have other things going on in your life. I genuinely enjoy huh. helping people feel better. I enjoy solving problems that other people cannot solve. I enjoy being a helpful, just a helpful person. There's this thing on my desk that I used to have all the time, and this is uh, Robin Williams, and it's the many faces of Robin Williams. I don't know if I've ever showed it to you guys before, but it's like his face and then all of the characters he's played, Miss Doubtfire, and, and all in a row, and him, his in the center, and this is something along the lines of making people laugh. I know what it feels like 
to be like low or to be depressed and I don't want people to feel that way. I feel like when I see a homeless person and anybody who's ever been without me knows I have a hard time walking past homeless people and not seeing them as a person who fell on hard times versus mm -hmm. a crazy dirty person who made mm -hmm. wrong decisions sitting on a sidewalk and I have to go have you eaten today? Um, is there something I can do for you? Do you know where the shelters are? That is me because my heart hurts and so I genuinely enjoy going to work. I love what I do and I love that I'm in a position to do it. Now other people look and say you're a workaholic and you're running from something. That's not necessarily true. Yeah. I know when I'm in trouble I, and I'm running from something I'm and it not, presents completely I'm differently. I'm not saying that being a workaholic is dysfunctional. I'm saying, you know, I used to work at a job where I felt, I received a tremendous, like, uh, I felt very accomplished. It was very rewarding and it made me feel good. But that doesn't mean that it also didn't serve as a, also mean that I wasn't trying to escape something. Yeah. Like, they can be they can be at the same time, you know, they're not mutually excuse. They can, they can. I just don't want people to also think like they see me work, like if yeah. you see me at work and no. you listen to our okay, podcast and, you and, and, and like I'm gonna pick up that extra shit. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> oh wait, trust me, there's sometimes there's some times where you become super manic about your what you got going on. You're doing your work, you're doing your consulting, you're doing some charitable things, you're doing this, you're editing this, and it cuts into your eating, it cuts into your sleeping, and it cuts into your 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 that's general true. mental well-being. And you can't tell me that that's not dysfunctional sometimes. Trey and I were doing the antidepressant kits, which mm. she posted to the Meraki Facebook page. So if you want to know what that is, go to the website and look at it and like it. But she, we were filling these kits and we're sitting there and it was getting late at night and I was starting to get kind of like irritated and I was like, oh, that we don't have the string, the string didn't come in. And it's like nine, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. And I realized it was like, oh, I think she said something about being hungry or not eating. And I was like, oh man, I didn't eat today. And so it was already like 10 or 11 o'clock at night and I didn't even notice I didn't eat until I was starting to like feel some kind of way about it. And even then it wasn't obvious that I didn't eat. It was kind of like problem solving. It was, like, <laughs> it was like something ain't right. And so, yeah, sometimes I get in work mode and I forget to eat. But that's not, I don't think it's necessarily because I got so OCD, OCD about something. No. I think sometimes I just get so busy that it, it's not a priority. 